0: Welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to share the simplest and most peaceful system for food freedom in the world with people who suffer from binge eating, food addiction, and compulsive overeating. We are here to show that with the right strategy and support, any committed, coachable, and resourceful individual can feel peaceful and free with food. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. I'm Katie Papo, and nice to have you here so um, today we're gonna dive in pretty quickly our topic for today i'll give you i'll give myself a minute to explain it to you guys um and while i do please feel free to say hi yay hi nancy nice to see you always right here on the dot i love that about your personality um i am the same way (laughs) so um let's go into our topic for today So, our topic for today is how to use your love of food to stop binge eating. And this I mean, obviously, at first, you know, when you first hear this, it sounds really counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because we might think and I hear people say this all the time. Oh, my love for food is what's part of the problem. If I didn't love food so much, I wouldn't binge so much. Um, So this talk is really geared for you if this is the way that you think. Um, so, and, and I hear this come up in a variety of ways. Uh, some people say, you know, I really want to stop binge eating, but I'm just such a foodie and I just love different foods. And it's such a big part of my life. Um, other people have said, you know, I really want a healthy relationship with food, but eating is such a big part of my culture. And we have all these big family dinners and we make these, you know, huge, um, from an Italian family, we make all these pastas. I'm from a Jewish family and we make, so it, we hear people say these, these types of things all the time. Um, another thing that I hear very often, um, is, is people saying, I really want to have control, but I don't like the idea that I need to go the rest of my life without my favorite foods or that I can't have them again. Or if I, if I have one bite, I feel like, you know, it just turns into a whole spiral. I don't like that feeling that I can't just enjoy something and then let it go, um, And of course, I hear people say all the time, like, I know I should stop, like in the moment, like I know that the best thing I could do would be to stop, but it just tastes so good. So I keep going. So if any of these sorts of thought patterns relate to how you think, this is going to be a good talk for you to hear. And I will also share that another talk that we've done already, that will also be great for you to hear if this describes you. It's called, um, let's see, the podcast episode is called Eating for fuel versus pleasure, so we've we've had that one. Um, we we must have done that a few months ago now, but that one will also be relevant, and you'll hear you'll hear some compatibilities between this episode and that episode. So hopefully, between the two of these, you'll get a better understanding of how you can treat your love of food or your appreciation of food um, as an asset rather than something that is self-destructive so let's dive in guys um i he i see someone says hi katie i'm gonna say hi back but all i can see uh, name wise is facebook user (laughs) so i'm just gonna say hello um and guys by the way as i'm speaking please feel free to write in the comments let me know that if i'm saying you know what i'm saying makes sense um I try to come onto these as clear headed as I can, but you guys probably know by now that sometimes I do go off on tangents and I do ramble and (laughs) um, I I appreciate your patience there. I'm gonna try to keep myself focused and I have notes for today's episode as well. So, okay. So let's first talk about this whole concept because this is actually the opposite concept of what most diet based approaches will teach. Okay, right, we know this. Most diet-based approaches will teach, treat food as fuel, right? Don't think of it as something for pleasure, right? If you're going out, like an example of this might be if you're going out to a party where you know there will be tons of food that you love, make sure you eat before so that way you're not hungry when you get to the party. So there's all these kinds of thoughts around how can we um, remove pleasure around food. Because of the, the idea behind this sort of diet mentality is the more we remove the pleasure, the less we'll want it, right? Because it's not exciting anymore. So if it's not exciting, then we won't really have those urges. But of course, what's the problem with that is we can never really eliminate those foods, right? We can in a sense, right, we could in theory, I could say I'm not going to eat chocolate for the rest of my life. I could do that in theory. But most people find or at least the people that that come to us. Right. They say, I don't really want that. Like, I don't want to live a chocolate free existence. I want to live an existence where I can have chocolate and I can truly enjoy it, but that it doesn't consume me or that I don't feel obsessed or that it's not it or it doesn't feel out of control. So really, it's it's the question is, how do we get to a place where we can really enjoy these foods and it's still still indulge in that love of eating and that love of food, but without it being an eating disorder? That's the real question. And I think it's important to define here at the beginning that just because someone loves food and loves eating and considers themselves to be a foodie or considers food to be an important part of your life or culture in whatever way, that doesn't mean you know you need to have an eating disorder right you can love food and not have one right so and that's that's where we guide people to be is is where you're not struggling with disordered eating anymore but instead you're at a place where you're in a position of choice right that's what food freedom really is it's put it's being able to put yourself in a position of choice and then to make choices that feel aligned with your values so and and you're the one who gets to decide that so if it's something, ah, I see we have a first time we're here. Thank you for being here. I can't see your name through my screen, but I'm glad that you've joined. So what we're going to be talking about today is how to create that existence where we can enjoy our relationship with food and it's still a pleasure of life, but it's not something that consumes us or turns into pain. So so the, the concept of this, right, is learning how, and I'm just going to put it here so we can see it, is to make eating a pleasurable and pain-free experience, okay? That's the ultimate goal here, because then if you love food, if you're a foodie and you love food and and eating brings up some positive energy for you, yes, we know there's the self-destructive side, we'll get to that, but on one side, we know that it's positive, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't even be drawn to this to to make us feel better, right? We would go to something else to make us feel better, not food. So the idea here is if you love food and it's a big part of your life and it's something that you enjoy then we want to we want to make sure you're staying in your pleasure zone right because the binges if we were to look at the binges they're not within our pleasure zone the binges go beyond our pleasure zone and we can look at it in a way let let's i i, I you might have heard this example maybe once or twice before but i like to give the example of a chocolate bar so let's say you have a chocolate bar and it's 10 feet long. It's the biggest chocolate bar you've ever seen. Now, at first, the whole idea of this is pleasurable, right? I'm, if, if you're not worried about it, right? The idea of, ooh, chocolate, like, that's exciting. That's pleasurable. Now, what happens, though, when we have that first bite, right? We still might experience pleasure, right? We'll have that first bite. Mmm, yum, 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 yum. Then we have a second bite, Mm, yum, 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 right? It's pleasurable each time. Now, if we were to keep eating that chocolate bar though, it's 10 feet long. (laughs) Um, So for those of you who aren't in the United States and you don't use feet, think of two of me stacked on top of each other. That's how long the chocolate bar is. So eventually that pleasure that you experience from the chocolate it's not going to feel as pleasurable at a certain point, right? Because if you, let's say you're 10 bites in, right? You might still be getting some pleasure, who knows? But you're at a point now where it's less pleasurable, right? And you've experienced this, and we probably all experience this in a binge, right? In the beginning, we're like, yes, yes, yes. But then as we keep eating, the pleasure starts to fade away. And... And eventually what happens if we continue eating after the pleasure fades away, then that pleasure is replaced by pain, right? So that same object, that same chocolate bar that brought you all that pleasure in the beginning is now the source of pain, right? Because if we were to, if we're eating, you know, let's say we eat nine feet of that that 10 foot chocolate bar, right? We're going to be in very severe pain physically, maybe emotionally. So... So it goes to show that it's not the object that brings pleasure or pain, right? It's not the object itself, but it's how we use it. So it's not the chocolate, right? That brings the pleasure. It's not the chocolate that brings the pain, right? The pleasure of the pain comes from the bigger context of how we're interacting with it. So... The idea here, where we want to make, a, we want to make eating, because right, we our focus here is to heal your relationship with food. So we want to make eating a pleasurable and pain-free experience. Now, if you're still binging, it is not pain-free. It is not a pain-free experience yet. Why? Because binges are painful, right? While they might start in the pleasure zone, eventually they're going to go in the pain zone. And most of the time, what we've all found together <laughs> is that even when we start the binges, while we while we might get that immediate feeling of relief, like, oh, finally, that feeling of relief is not because of the object. It's not because of the chocolate. That feeling of relief, you know where that comes from? That comes from the fact that we, we, um, that we no longer have that buildup of anxiety of should I, shouldn't I, or should I have it, should I not have it? right? We have all this anxiety. Am, am I going to binge? Am I going to binge? So as soon as we finally give into the craving and we do it, it's like, um, it's like a rain cloud that fills up and it just whew, empties out. And it's like that cleansing feeling of, ah, finally, like all of that tension, all of that anxiety and tension is released. So we get that feeling when we first start the binge of, oh, thank goodness right it's like that sigh of relief almost now that part can feel very pleasurable but we make the mistake a lot of time of confusing that pleasure with the pleasure of the actual food itself now if we were to just focus though on the on the pleasure of the actual food itself it becomes a very different story so am i making sense so far guys please let me know if i'm if i'm making sense because i I sometimes I find that I make sense in my own head, but it's hard to know what other people are thinking. So if you do have questions, please feel free to write them down um, in the comments. So so this is the idea. So if we want to get to the place where, okay, I am a foodie. I love food. Let's acknowledge that I accept that. (laughs) And I, by the way, I I I would consider myself to be one of those people who really enjoys food. Um, And that was one of the thing that was hard for me, was I would say, yeah, but I just love eating, so it makes it even harder to binge. But what I've learned is is this is a faulty way of thinking because when you actually love food, right, and you really love the pleasure that food brings, we don't want to use it to harm ourselves because that ruins the pleasure of the food, right? Because let's say a food tastes really, really good and we love it, we love it, we love it. If we keep eating until past the point of pleasure and into the point of pain, now we've lost the satisfaction of that food. We've lost the pleasure of the food. We no longer have it. Does that make sense? And not only that, but we can use another example of numbing, right? A lot of us um, use food to numb ourselves. Now, numbing, we don't want to mistake numbing with pleasure either or with satisfaction, right? Because numbing, that's not a feeling. That's not pleasure or pain. That's the absence of feeling. Right. So while food can be used for numbing, that's not going to actually give us pleasure. It might give us the illusion of relaxation or something like that, but it doesn't actually bring satisfaction. It doesn't actually bring pleasure. Now, another important thing to consider. um, Yes, exactly. Someone just wrote, I enjoy food, but my eating disorder turns that on its head. It was the same exact thing for me. Same exact thing. So I, I think we're both in very, very good company here. Um, and and what's interesting is when an, another example of oh shoot, I just had an example that I was going. <laughs> oh, you guys, sometimes my thoughts just fly out of my head. It's an important lesson to not get attached to things, huh? So so let me let me backtrack a little bit. So the, the Another important thing to consider when it comes to pleasure and the element of pleasure is that when we're eating something and we're so focused on portion, calorie size, numbing ourselves out, Um, eating for fuel and no satisfaction, and we're just looking for the fuel. What we tend to eat differently than we would if we were really eating for the purpose of pleasure. So if I were to sit down with a plate of food, any food, if if I really want to experience pleasure and satisfaction from that meal, how might I eat it? Like, let's think about that for a second. How might I eat a plate of food if I want to receive the ultimate amount of pleasure and satisfaction? What would I do? First of all, I might slow down in general, because the more I slow down, right, the more I taste, the more I chew, the more I breathe, the more I can check in with myself and see how I actually physically feel. Now, what we found when we work with people is when they start applying this idea of what if instead of eating for fuel and instead of just eating for calories and instead of what if I did focus on pleasure and satisfaction, what ends up happening is we start eating differently. We start eating very differently. We start to slow down. And we've seen people who even with, with trigger foods, let's say, and by trigger foods, I mean foods where um, you feel like you those are the specific foods that should be totally forbidden because you have no control over them. So we have clients. Um, actually work specifically with their trigger foods. And we train them how to do that safely and properly. And what ends up happening, you know, 90% of the time is they'll start is they'll calm themselves, they'll slow down, and they'll say, All right, I'm just going to eat this food, but I'm just going to pay attention to staying in my pleasure zone. So what I'm going to do is be really present. While I eat, I'm going to taste the food, I'm gonna chew thoroughly. I'm gonna take little breaks and put my fork down and check in and see how I feel. If it's still pleasurable, if it's still satisfying, if it still feels good. This is the idea, it needs to feel good. If I can pay attention to that, then I'll know when I'm starting to exit the pleasure zone if I keep eating. So what what has ended up happening is we don't put rules around, oh, you can only have this much or you can only have one or two. We don't put rules around that. Instead we say, Pay attention to your inward signals, right? And we teach you how to do that. Pay attention to those signals when you do slow down, when you do breathe, when you do chew, when you really taste the flavors, when you're really present with the food, then what actually happens? What actually happens is you start to notice when it doesn't feel good anymore. So we've had people do these little food experiments with their trigger foods where then they say, weird, usually I eat a whole bag of this and I, and I hate it myself after. But now I had a few bites and it it tasted good in the beginning but then it just I noticed it just didn't really taste good anymore and I've never even eaten that little before but I just noticed that it didn't really feel good. And these are this aha moments that starts to pop up. So so the idea is that it's not about the object itself. It's not about the food itself, but instead we want to bring our attention within to determine our own pleasure zone. And the idea behind this, what makes this a nice, um a nice approach to heal your relationship with food without the restriction, without the deprivation. What's nice about that is it's sustainable because you already know you like food. You already know you like pleasure from food. So we're not getting rid of in this food freedom approach, we're not telling people, get rid of the pleasure. We're just telling people, keep the pleasure, in fact, enhance the pleasure even more, and then we can avoid the pain, right? Because the binges, if the binges were pleasurable and purely pleasurable, then we would have no reason to stop, right, we would have no desire to stop if the binges were truly all pleasure. We know purely because of the idea that you want to stop this, there is there are components of these binges that are pain that are suffering it's not all pleasure so so um marie just brought up a nice a nice point she said sometimes i keep eating wishing i'll find the pleasure again and i need to remind myself that i won't and this is a i want to dive into that marie and thank you for bringing that up because this is part of remember how just in the beginning of this talk I said how when we when we build up that urge to binge, for me, I always been, well, I binged all times of day, but I especially would binge at night. So for me, it was kind of like a buildup of anxiety over the day. And then when nighttime would come, it would be like, again, it's that heavy rain cloud, just ready to burst at any moment. So when it finally did burst and I did give into the urge, it's this huge sign of relief. It's like a big release, just like all the rain just pouring out of that rain cloud. And that's such a great feeling. Right. And that's and that's proof that we want to follow feelings that feel good. Right. So, Marie, you brought up, okay. sometimes I keep eating hoping that pleasure that I'll feel it again, right? Because you notice as you keep eating, it starts to become less pleasurable. It starts to become more painful, but we want that pleasure again. And because we associate the pleasure with the actual food itself, instead of the release that we got, right? and our brain is kind of tricked into thinking, oh, it was the food that brought me the pleasure. So if I just have more food, then that equals more pleasure, right? It's a logical way for the brain to think, that's okay. (laughs) But we know on a deeper level that it's not really the food because if it was, then the first bite of the chocolate bar would taste the same as the 50th bite of the chocolate bar. And we know that doesn't happen, especially with sweets. I don't know if you guys have done this experiment with sweets. I know our clients have. So if any of you guys are listening, you know, but if you've done this with sweets, you know that there's a point where it suddenly it's like, it's too sweet. Like it's not good anymore. Right. You've gotten to that point. So Um, And and so sometimes what we do is we want that pleasure back, like Marie said, like, I I want that pleasure feeling again. So but because we the brain makes that connection with, oh, well, the pleasure is connected to the food. So let me eat more food. Then we logically continue to go to more food or I don't know if that's logical, but it makes sense. The brain works that way. So. So it's certainly not wrong because we are wired to want pleasure as human beings. We are seeking pleasure. It's part of our biology and food is a joy of life, right? It is a pleasure of life and it does bring satisfaction. So when we, put ourselves in these more diet boxes or these food rule boxes we're actually going against our nature a lot which is part of the reason why it feels like whenever you're on a diet or trying really hard not to binge it feels like you're fighting yourself why does it feel like you're fighting yourself because naturally for food is pleasure naturally where we we can gauge how what foods are good for us and how much is enough based on the satisfaction that we feel and that we experience. So if we're using food to numb and we don't experience the satisfaction and the pleasure, then we're not going to have that cue to stop. In fact, we're going to have the cue to keep going because we need to fill that pleasure. There was, um, I remember there was a uh, uh, a woman who I, i've I've told this story before, maybe you've heard it. But there was a woman who came to one of my talks once when I was um, giving a retreat in the Bahamas. She came to one of my workshops where we were talking about mindful eating. and she she um I saw her later in in the in the boutique and she was eating a, a homemade cookie. It was like a big cookie. and um or I, I actually didn't see it. She told me the story after. But so she's eating this cookie and she sits down with it. And then she decides to check some of her emails and respond to some things on her phone. And then what happened is she looks down and the cookie's gone, right? And she's like, oh my gosh, where did my cookie go? Did someone take it? Did someone? And it turned out that she actually had eaten it, but she was so mindless while she ate it. She wasn't paying attention. She was focused on her phone and not her physical sensations of the cookie. So she ended up eating it without experiencing it. Isn't that wild? And this is essentially what mindless eating is. Now, it is when we eat, but we're not actually present while we're eating. And this is what happens a lot, especially if we're eating like diet foods that we don't like, or if we're kind of just forcing ourselves to eat for fuel and not at all for pleasure, or we're just trying to only eat on the go and never sit down and give ourselves time to actually enjoy our food out of fear that we'll eat too much or something like that what actually ends up happening is the opposite. We end up wanting to eat more and binge more because even though the body experienced eating, the mind didn't get to experience it. So the mind doesn't have any satisfaction. The mind didn't get any pleasure out of this. So this whole idea, when people talk about mindful eating and does it work, it's important to understand the context and it's important to understand what mindful really means. And a lot of it means that your mind and your body are both present in what you're doing and that you're aware of their experiences, right? That's what mindfulness can boil down to. So when it comes to eating and and, and using your love of food as an asset to to help you rather than something that's, you know, destructive um, or liability, instead what you want to focus on is, okay, well, if, Let's say I'm eating, but my mind isn't present, so I'm either mindless, numbing out, or I'm just not getting you know, the pleasure or the satisfaction because I'm not slowing down enough or I'm not tasting my food enough, then what ends up happening is the mind will always want more. And you guys know by now, even first timers, you probably know that your cravings are coming from your mind, right? These urges to binge, they're coming from your mind. How do we know? Because they can happen when we're hungry, they can happen when we're full, they can happen anytime, regardless of the body. The mind oftentimes has these urges. Of course, we can have physical urges to eat as well. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just physical hunger, but I'm talking about the urges to binge, like the compulsive feeling, the out of control feeling. That comes the most often when we're not satisfied. So a lot of people think, oh, if I give myself pleasure with food, it's gonna make everything worse. But instead not giving yourself depriving yourself of pleasure with food tends to make things worse because the mind doesn't get to actually experience it and i i remember um, there was a particular binge that i remember i don't know why i remember this binge over other binges but i was watching netflix or whatever version of netflix it was back then watching something on tv and i had a big bowl of food i would i don't remember what it was But I was watching Netflix. I had this big bowl of food and I'm just watching TV and I'm eating and I'm eating and I'm eating. That was pretty normal for me. That was how I would usually spend my evenings. And I finished the bowl, but the show wasn't over. And I noticed that. So I finished the bowl and the show wasn't over. And so I said, I'm going to go get some more food. So I went and I got some more food. Now, not at any point in this whole eating experience Did I check in with my body at all? Did I pay attention to pleasure at all? In fact, I was so distracted by the TV that while I was eating, I didn't get to experience it. So when I even got that second bowl, I remember this so well because it was such a kind of jarring feeling, startling feeling. But I remember looking down at the bowl and it being empty and realizing I didn't even taste that second bowl. Like I just got it to kind of, you know, give something for my mouth or hands to do while I was watching TV, whatever it was, um, you know, the habits we build for ourselves. But I was doing that. But because my mind wasn't present, only my body experienced the food. So when I stood up, I felt the feeling of fullness, like I felt that physical heaviness, that sluggishness. But I still wanted to eat more. Why? Because I hadn't actually gotten pleasure yet. I was eating to numb but I hadn't actually experienced pleasure. My mind wasn't present when I was eating so I didn't actually get to enjoy the flavors or the textures of the food nearly as fully as I could have. And it was gone before I even realized it so the satisfaction didn't didn't hit me either. So this desire to keep eating kept coming because I didn't allow myself to experience any pleasure, any satisfaction. I wasn't allowing myself to be present with my food. And the truth is, guys, is the more you love food, right? And, and this is how you can really use it as an, your love of food as an asset for yourself. The more you love food, right? The more you want to experience it. That makes sense. So the idea is when you eat, let yourself experience it sit down, center yourself, remind yourself, okay, I'm here, right? Because a lot of times what, like I'll be sitting here, right? In the office, but my mind might be over there or my mind might be over there. And, and think about You can even think about like when you're driving, like a, on a long drive, how, yes, you're physically sitting in the car, but your mind is over here. Your mind is thinking of what happened yesterday. Your mind is planning the future. So even though you're physically sitting in the car, and the body is doing the work of driving the car, the mind is not present. So when the mind isn't present, you're not fully feeling the experience, right? You're not feeling your hands on the steering wheel, right? You're operating operating out of autopilot. And that's also what happens when it comes to binges um, or eating for fuel and never for pleasure, right? Is we just sort of eat to fill the quota right? But we're not actually present, we're not actually enjoying. And what happens with that, then we don't get the satisfaction. So we go around throughout the day craving more and more and more satisfaction, craving it more and more and more. And because we're eating in a way that doesn't actually deliver satisfaction, because we're bypassing the pleasure zone and basically be lining for the pain zone then we're going to want to keep doing what marie said she says "I i still want the pleasure i still am not satisfied i still need more so then we say all right well that means i need to keep eating because the food right is what makes the pleasure so we make that mistake that it's not just the food that brings us the pleasure it's how present we are with the food that creates the ultimate satisfaction experience that we get while eating now when you're eating And you do experience pleasure and you do experience that satisfaction. We don't crave when we're satisfied, right? When we're content, when we're satisfied, we don't crave. And that's the beauty, because this is the idea of this whole food freedom approach, is not to say, oh well, here's how you continue to fight yourself and and push away the binges and and you know whatever people do, call their inner voice a pig or <laughs> whatever people's approaches are that have this more like negative, avoidant, kind of violent um, attitude. Instead, what we want to do is we want to support ourselves by doing things that actually feel good not doing things that feel bad and hope that if we do enough that feels bad, then we'll let it go. Right. And if we keep doing things that are unsatisfying, we're only going to crave satisfaction more and more. And if your brain associates satisfaction with food, it's going to keep saying you need to, even if you know, it's not logical, we know this is, and we're in the realm of emotions now. So even if we, so even if we keep eating and eating and eating, if we're not, if we're not eating in such a way that allows for satisfaction, we're only, we're just going to crave more and more and more. We're going to crave more. It's not going to stop. So the more we deprive ourselves with diets or food rules or things like that, the more we're going to crave. Oh, I just want to be satisfied and we're going to equate the food with what's going to satisfy us. Does that make sense, guys? I hope that, that I hope that makes sense. I'm just going to take. Um, I'm just going to take a minute to just check my notes here and make sure I'm not. Oh, this is a point I wanted to bring up. Okay, so and this is something that you can notice the next time you eat. All right. This is something practical that you can actually take home with you and and you can practice this the next time you sit down with some food. So the idea and I'll, I'll let me put this in the thing so you can read for those of you watching the video. So pleasure changes or satisfaction changes moment by moment even bite by bite and this can even change mid chew okay so um what do i mean by this so as you eat just like if we go back to that example of the 10-foot chocolate bar if you're really hungry and you're really craving chocolate like what's going to be better than that first bite right the first bite will probably we can guess right that that first bite's going to have the most pleasure now as you keep eating though You're not going straight from pleasure to pain, right? It's not that the first bite is super pleasurable and then the next bite is super painful and suddenly you're doubled over. No, this happens gradually. And this is important to notice while you're actually eating because what happens sometimes is when we're eating, especially if you have a habit of binging, we zone out while we eat. So the mind naturally leaves us, right? The mind leaves us and we're just left with the body experiencing the food. Um, But if the mind isn't present, we can't even feel that. So we don't feel body signals, we don't hear them. A lot of people I talk to think that their body signals are gone. In reality, they're always there. You're just not used to hearing them because your mind is away. Your mind is not present with you while you're eating. So when the mind and the body are both present and you're present and you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to really be in the present moment and experiencing the food and experiencing the flavor and the texture, you will notice when the pleasure starts to change, right? So you'll notice when it maybe starts to get too sweet. or you'll notice when suddenly there's like a weird film in your mouth that you just don't like. or you'll start to notice that,, mm, the taste still feels good, but my abdomen's starting to hurt. or the taste doesn't feel good anymore, but the abdomen still feels okay. So you start to notice these little nuances. So it never goes. So think of it more as like a spectrum. Think of pleasure and pain as as opposed to them just being opposites. Think of them as like a spectrum. And what ends up happening is the more, the more, the more um, you eat, right, you're going to you're going to shift from the pleasure part of the spectrum towards the pain part of the spectrum. Okay. so as you're eating and and it's the I'm going to tell you guys that when you're practicing this, let yourself be slow, take breaths in between, put your fork down in between, chew, chew a lot, chew more than you think you need to because as you're practicing you're going to notice hmm this doesn't feel as good as it did in the first couple bites or ah oh, this actually does still feel really good but the more you just keep checking in you're going to notice that even in the span of one bite it might go from pleasurable to eh. <laughs> and then it might go from eh, to hmm you get what I'm saying? So you're going to start to notice your reactions. The more present you are, will start to change. Now, of course, like I said, from the very, very beginning, the goal here is to make eating a pleasurable experience, a pain free experience. Okay, because that's going to be the best, that's going to be the best for your body. Because when your body's not in pain, It doesn't have to go through all these stress responses to recover. It doesn't need so much recovery time. When your body's in the pleasure zone, it's operating at at its highest functioning. It's digesting the best. That's another reason why we always say make sure to calm yourself and use your physiology to support you. Uh, Because what ends up happening is the more pleasure and the the better this feels the better your body's gonna react. And the body's gonna say, oh, this feels good. I'm not depriving myself. I'm eating enough. I'm not overeating. So the body, what happens, whether it's weight or fat or whatever, the body starts to find its happy equilibrium because the body can change when it feels safe to change. The body can change when it feels good to change. And when it comes to sustainable food freedom and when it comes to sustainable weight loss as well, the body needs to feel good because if the body feels like there's um, a threat of any kind, like like uh, food rule deprivation or overeating or undereating or any of that stuff, whenever the body feels like, oh, this doesn't feel safe, it doesn't feel balanced, it doesn't feel good, it's going to have some kind of rebellion, right? It's either going to hold on to fat, it's going to slow down its metabolism, whatever it is, it's going to throw, it's going to try to balance the imbalance right? So if you're depriving yourself of food, right, the body's going to want to balance by binging, right? That's why the binges always follow the restriction, because it's like a natural balance that if we deprive ourselves, then we're going to indulge later. So we want to avoid those extremes and stay within the pleasure zone. And the body operates the best, it loses weight the easiest, and it heals the best when it's holding within the pleasure zone. And the mind and this is this is actually the key, because remember, most of the issues we're talking about here stem in the mind, not the body. Um, and the thing about the mind is the ego, right? The ego has a very, very difficult time changing when it doesn't feel good. And that's why when you put yourself on a diet or some kind of um, weight loss plan or fitness plan that's that doesn't feel good to you whether it's boot camp or it's just too much or it's 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 something that doesn't feel sustainable that means it doesn't feel good if it's not sustainable or if it doesn't feel good that means it's not sustainable right we only want really want to keep going with stuff that feels good and that's part of the reason why the binge habit has been sustainable for you right is because it gives that initial feel good feeling to the point where we forget what comes next, and all we can think about is how good that will feel. So notice how your mind is already attracted to what feels good, the body is already attracted to what feels good. So the problem isn't that you're going towards something that feels good. The problem is that you're going, um, you're you're ignoring the signals, where then you're going too far into the pain realm. And that's what causes all the guilt and the shame and the weight gain and all that kind of stuff is when we're living too much in the pain realm. When we live in the pleasure realm, we don't have to deal with that stuff because we're already satisfied. And when we're satisfied, we don't crave. So, so this is the idea. And that's one of the reasons why, and I'm sure you guys know a, a, a person like this who, and I used to be like, how do people do this? When I would see people eating at restaurants or something and they would order a dessert I'm like having you know, dinner with somebody. They order a dessert and then they just take a few bites and they're like, mmm, so good, I'm satisfied, but that's enough for me though. And I would always look at them and I would think, how can they have just three bites and say they're satisfied? Like I wouldn't even be satisfied if I ate the entire thing plus another one. (laughs) And it was mind boggling to me how that was possible. But now I understand having had that experience that when you're fully present and when you're really enjoying something, you will notice when it won't feel good to continue anymore and you'll want because we naturally feel driven to do things that feel good for ourselves we will naturally want over time to continue this pattern to keep feeling good. So if that person, you know, that mystery person who can somehow eat three bites of a dessert, if they're really present, right, with those three bites and they're really enjoying them and they're really chewing and they're present, then they're gonna notice from their body, and by the way, three bites is not the magic number, there is no magic number, it's just an example. Um, but they're, But then they find, oh, This is where I feel happiest. And if I ate more, I would ruin this good feeling. So I'm just going to keep the good feeling. I love the taste in my mouth. I love how my belly feels. So I'm just going to keep it how it is because that's what feels the best. So this is the idea is when we follow what feels good, we're actually supporting our ego. In a positive way where then it's not going to try to sabotage us because one of the things um, that creates self-sabotage and it's important, uh, we actually have an episode um, on self-sabotage on this podcast if you want to learn more about self-sabotage and how it works and how to overcome it. One of the things to really know about self-sabotage is when the ego feels too challenged, too fast, it doesn't feel good to the ego. So it's going to have that rebellion. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, if you binge the night before, and then you want to start a diet the new morning, it's such a huge jump. It's a real stretch for the ego. It's a real big stretch. And the idea is also it doesn't look like it feels good. Why? Because, oh, last night I was free, I could eat whatever I wanted. And today, I can, I have to follow all these food rules. So the ego doesn't like that. And that's part of the reason why you feel like there's this inner battle always happening because the ego doesn't like that. The ego likes when change feels good and that's what makes it most sustainable. So we always, and this is what we do in our higher approach, we never want the, the, um, we never want the changes to throw the ego so far out of its comfort zone so fast that it doesn't feel good anymore. We always want the changes to feel good. So so it's, a, so it's a positive experience. So it's a healing experience. And then the mind doesn't resist it, right? The mind is like, oh, I like this. I'm enjoying all the foods that I've ever loved. I'm enjoying them more than I ever have. And I feel way better after them than I ever did in the past. Think of how much easier that is to sustain for a lifetime than, oh, I can never have chocolate again. Oh, I can never have cake again. Oh, I can never have carbs again. I can never, think of how much more freeing for the ego to say, oh, you can have whatever you want. We're just gonna make sure we stay in the pleasure zone. So it feels good for everyone. It feels good for the body. It feels good for the mind. And the more we do that, the better we feel. It's easier to sustain because what are we resisting against then? Where's the resistance? It feels totally good. So, so this is the idea Um, and I'm just going to, uh, uh, you know what, that I had a point about hunger, but I think I'm going to say, I'm thinking I'm going to do a whole talk on hunger Um, because hunger can greatly um, enhance pleasure. So I think we'll do a separate episode on that. But the idea here, the main idea that I want to bring up to you guys, that's so important to understand is that your love of food, you truly can use this as your asset never you no longer have to look at this as your problem see it as your asset because it actually is a huge asset when you love food and appreciate food and can really enjoy a good meal that is only going to help you when you come to the experience with a present mind a present body and the idea and the intention to make the experience pleasurable when you come at it with the intention right to make eating a pleasurable experience and not a pain-free experience, that's when we can start to um, see that our love for food can serve as our asset, not um, not our problem. So, so in the past, trying to not eat something would have come from a place of willpower, right? You would have had to use willpower and say, oh, I don't want to eat that. But now it's a question of, hmm, what will bring me the most pleasure in this moment? What will bring me the most satisfaction in this moment? And when we keep asking ourselves these questions, we keep tuning in, then the mind actually runs towards pleasure and away from pain, right? And that is actually how binges end. It's also how your binges started, right? Because you associated the binge with the pleasure and the diet with the pain, right? So even though, yes, the binge has pain too, that initial part of the binge is the pleasure. So it feels really good to shift from diet to binge because you're shifting from pain, right? Restriction, all that stuff, to pleasure, freedom, right? That's what the binge represents. So that's why the mind always has been going there. But we can use that same phenomena to support you. And we can use your love of food as an asset so you can actually get satisfaction. And as long as we feel satisfied, we will not crave. So the more satisfied we can let ourselves be, and the more present we can allow ourselves to be with our food, the more satisfaction we'll feel. Does that make sense, guys? Now, obviously, for this to work, right, um, practice is required. And you can practice it every the beauty of the beauty of something like food addiction, as opposed to other types of addictions, is you actually get to practice throughout your day, right? Whereas with um, add, add, addictions where you want to be abstinent, like alcohol or cigarettes, right? You don't actually get to practice like this. But with um, with food, if you're not actually trying to be abstinent, but you're trying to heal your relationship with food so you can have any food, but still feel in control and still enjoy it without going into that place of pain, right? Then then this is the perfect strategy for you. Um so so the so what needs to happen though is the practice the practice needs to happen so the beauty right is is we all eat multiple times a day so you get to practice each time you eat right is you get to check in and you get to ask yourself hmm where is the pleasure zone am i in the pleasure zone and it's a it's a check-in process so um And some people, you know, and these are usually the people who are attracted to working with us privately. Some people need to relearn how to hear and feel their hunger signals. Some people need to um, learn or sometimes relearn uh, how to distinguish body messages from mind messages. Some people need to learn um, in more detail of what's pleasure and what's numbing. So this is where we work with people, you know, in more detailed ways, right? Because everybody's different, and there's no way that we could just do this in like a mass in a mass way. We would need to do this like in, according to specific situations that people are going through. But all of this is very trainable, right? And and it's also even if you don't have the details yet, you can still start practicing with these concepts and your mindful awareness is a prerequisite for this practice so this is this tends to not be the first thing that we teach our clients we first set the set the the prerequisite to build up those listening skills so that way when you do tune in you actually know what you're hearing and you can react and you can actually discern oh yes this is for sure satisfying i definitely feel satisfied whereas if we're not sure we might feel more confused but this all comes with practice and all the, all the things that we teach here, guys, by the way, they're all practice-based uh, approaches versus theory-based approaches. So it's not about the intellectual understanding as much as you actually putting in the, the practice in real life. That's the most important element. Um, and again, remember that one important point, that pleasure can change moment by moment, bite by bite. It can even change mid-chew. You might be enjoying a bite and then suddenly you're just not into it anymore. Right. So these are all important things to be aware of. And the more present you are with your mind, the more present you are with your body, the more you're going to actually experience the food, the more you're actually going to um, be aligned with that love of food. Right. Because you're actually oh, well, if you love it so much, why not be present with it? Right. If you love your partner. Right. Of course, when they talk to you or you spend time with them, you're going to want to be present. Imagine loving your partner. And then every time they try to talk to you, you just pull on your, pull out your phone and start scrolling on social media, right? It's kind of like the same equivalent with food, or it is the, it is the same, because if we love food so much and it's such an important part of our lives, of course, we're not going to want to be more present with it. The problem isn't that we're too present. The problem is that we're not present enough, where we're eating without actually experiencing. We're eating without actually feeling. We're eating without actually enjoying. So the more we can be with ourselves when we eat, rather than our mind flying away, the more we're gonna have that experience, the more satisfaction we feel. And again, the more satisfaction we feel, the less cravings we'll ever have. And this can continue for a lifetime, right? So you see how you can practice this for a lifetime? Just by continuously checking in with yourself. And over time, the more you check in with yourself, the more you don't even notice you're doing it anymore. You might do is still do it intentionally, but you can do it with so much ease because now you're in the habit of hearing your body signals. You're in the habit of knowing what this feels like. You're in the habit, you know? So everything's always easy. It's like riding a bike. It's much easier to pick it up again than it is to do it the first time. So, um, so this is the idea. So this is how you can really use um, your love of food as an asset rather than seeing it as a problem or something that's slowing you down, okay? <sighs> All right. I think I've I've nailed I've hammered down those points enough. Um and by the way guys, if you're somebody who knows, you know, that you've been going through this this d- disordered eating pattern for such a long time that you can't hear your signals anymore and you don't know how to check in with yourself and even if you do, you're not even sure if you can trust it or am I doing it wrong or I don't even know. If those are your concerns, chances are you are the perfect person or the perfect candidate to work with professional help. And we do have a program, it's 10 weeks long, where we train you and teach you in these things in a very detailed, specific, structured way. So that way you build these skills methodically, you become able to depend on them. And then as you go, you're not gonna question whether you're doing something wrong or whether you're reading something wrong because you have the support and you have the help and you're always able to reach out to us. So that's an option for you guys. Um, if you wanna learn more about that, you can go to my website, katiepapo.com program, and you can read more about it there. And of course, you're most welcome to reach out to me by email or through um, Facebook Messenger. And um, we can talk about it together and see if it's the right fit for you um, to get you the results that you're looking for. So you can finally be free of this and not have to deal with all of this pain and suffering. We're all about the pleasure zone here. (laughs) We want you guys to feel good and we want to give you strategies that will make you feel good, not create more inner battles, not create more suffering. We're all about the pleasure principle. So I think that's uh, with that. I will close for today. I'll see you guys next week. I believe Shahar will be joining us for next week's podcast. I'll be very happy to uh, welcome him back again and try this out today guys give yourself a little homework assignment to next time you eat really give yourself the space sit down and check in with yourself like how we talked about today give it a little try and see what you can observe for yourself all right so i'll talk to you guys soon and see you next week bye bye.